This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, even Ben knows, you could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This right. is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing, by the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run, he'll cross over now down the back straightaway into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Brady. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rule. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings, the final Monday of August, the final Monday before Labor Day, and the unofficial end of summer right around the corner, which means things are heating up in the racing industry. We'll talk about everything that's going on coming up. A lot of interviews to go over tonight as well. All that on the way, but first, let's take a look at what's going on in a Motor City Minute. Well, it was an interesting Saturday night at Daytona International Speedway, and it ended in a seven-time champion not getting a chance to race for a championship, but his former crew chief went to victory lane following a couple of late race cautions that took out many cars. William Byron picked up his first ever NASCAR Cup Series win Saturday night at Daytona International Speedway. Byron snaked his way through a couple of late race incidents to pick up the win. He also advanced to the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs for the second consecutive year. The World of Outlaws Morton Building's Late Model Series has announced its first 14 events of the 2021 season from January through the first weekend of April. The series will kick things off January 14th through the 16th for the Sunshine Nationals at Volusia Speedway Park in Barberton, Florida. Then a month later, they return to Volusia for the Dirt Car Nationals February 10th through 13th and then the regular season really heats up following that. Scoring his first, Ollie's Bargain Outlet All-Star Circuit of Champions presented by Mobile One Triumph since Ohio Sprint Speed Week competition at Fremont Speedway on July 5th. Aaron Reitzel marched his way back to All-Star Victory Lane Saturday night during a visit to Plymouth Speedway in Plymouth, Indiana, doing so by commanding the final 32 laps of the 35-lap contest while fending off the likes of three-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and NASCAR Hall of Famer, Tony Stewart. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Glad to have you with us. Zach Heiser, that's me. Rich France is joining us from the Social Distanced MCRP Studios tonight. And uh, Rich, I want to start by uh, recognizing and sending out prayers for longtime Butler Motor Speedway racer and supporter Terry Wilbur, uh, the fa father to several current competitors at the Speedway, uncle to multiple-time feature winner, and I believe he's got some championships out there, Tim Wilbur, and a friend to many. Terry suffered a massive heart attack Saturday at the Speedway and is currently in critical condition at Borges Hospital in Kalamazoo. Of course, Terry, we're praying for you and your family, and uh, if you're looking to help the family in some way, uh, there are a number of auctions and, and raffles and things like that going on on social media right now, so uh, look for those as well. So uh, just want to start off by recognizing Terry and his family and, and know that we're praying for you and hoping that you do well. So, Rich, welcome in. Glad to have you with us. Uh, 
August 31st already, my friend. The, the racing season, while it's heating up, it's unfortunately about ready to come to an end. One. It sure is, Zach. You know, with this uh, COVID stuff all year long, we, right when we think we're getting started and getting to do something, and now it's September starting tomorrow, and, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to start winding things down a little bit. But uh, I, I want to give my thoughts and prayers uh, to the Wilbur family. I hope everything goes well uh, for that. hope everything works out well for them. But Zach, returning a year later to the site of his first Arca Menard Series victory, 17-year-old North Carolina driver Ty Gibbs put on a dominating display on Saturday night in the Dutch Boy 150 at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. Despite a late race restart, Gibbs pulled away from the field easily and drove his number 18 Monster Energy uh, Toyota across the finish line 1.7 seconds ahead of runner-up Chandler Smith. Gibbs has now won four of his nine starts this year, and uh, it was the sixth career Arkham Menard Series win in 20 starts for Gibbs, and his ninth win across the Arkham Menards, East, and West Series over the last two seasons. And, uh, Rich, going to be exciting to get to see him in action at Toledo Speedway uh, here coming up in in just a couple of weeks, and we'll we'll preview that coming up in a little, little bit later on in the program. In only his second career start in a dirt late model, Kyle Larson led all 50 laps to win Saturday night's Rumble by the River round three at Port Royal Speedway. Larson crossed the finish line a half second ahead of Silver Dollar Nationals winner Brandon Shepard to become the 17th different winner this year in the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Greg Sanderley crossed the finish line in third, followed by Chris Ferguson and Thursday night's winner Tim McCready. Larson had already claimed three wins in a winged sprint car at Port Royal in his career, entering the event. He had to contend with tough challenges from Shepard and Hudson O'Neill for the first 27 laps of the race until O'Neill slowed with a flat right rear tire. That left Larson and Shepard to battle it out for the win, but Satterley and Ferguson joined in on the fray to try to make it a four-man battle. With less than five laps to go, there were three other drivers chasing down Larson in traffic in the closing laps. Young Money... He held on, and uh, in addition to the uh, Late Model Dirt Series win, he's recorded 34 wins in open-wheel racing this year and has now added the Dirt Late Model Triumph to his impressive resume this season. Uh, Rich, we begged the question over the weekend on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page, is the hype about Kyle Larson right now in the dirt scene warranted, or should we be expecting this out of a driver of his caliber? Uh, I... I, I didn't know it was going to be this dominating of a summer for him. Um, obviously, back in the spring, we thought it was going to be a whole different situation. Um, and then that happened. Uh, right. right. It, it, that happened. And and that's really brought all this to light. I mean, everything he's jumped in, he's won at. And I'm sure there's guys on dirt that are just hoping he can find a cup <laughs> ride for 2021. I tell you what, I, I – I am. Uh, I think that this success. There are people out there that say, "Oh, you should be expecting this kind of success out of Kyle Larson." What's with all the with all the hype, um, Rich? I, I think that we're seeing something very unique. That if Larson gets a ride in 2021 in NASCAR, we might not see again for quite some time. Which there's rumor that he might get back into the Cup Series in 2021. So I think enjoy the ride, man. He's having some fun right now. He's climbing into anything with wheels and that'll get covered in dirt, and he's trying to win in it. And I think that's awesome. Well, and I, I think it shows, Zach, that, um, you know, everybody thinks they can be a NASCAR driver. This just shows, you know, you put him on the net, on, on, on the Cup Series, and he does well, but he doesn't dominate there. But, right. you know, you put him down on these local short tracks, and he's just that much better 
than everybody else, as most of the guys are in the Cup Series. I mean, that's why they're there. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think 2021, um, Stuart Haas Racing, um, that's, that's probably where I think he's going to end up. And, uh, and, and that will give him an opportunity, I think, to, if he wants to, because of Tony Stewart's uh, relationship with the IndyCar community, if he wants to give the Indy 500 a shot next year, why, gosh, that, that'd be about the only thing Kyle Larson hasn't done. There you go. Well, you mentioned uh, him in the Cup Series and how not everybody can do it. Uh, Rich, we might get a chance to see some former Cup Series stars here coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exact, exactly. And, uh, Zach, uh, with all the restrictions and cancellations that have occurred in the racing industry throughout 2020, some good news was delivered uh, by officials at Toledo Speedway last week. It was announced that Toledo Speedway was granted approval uh, to open with limited fans and for limited events. A new director's order was issued by the state of Ohio, which allowed for sporting events to have fans, which actually included speedways. Uh, three events were announced last week as part of a modified Toledo Speedway schedule. And coming up, Zach, uh, in just a few minutes, we'll talk to Scott Schultz, general manager of Flat Rock and Toledo Speedways and get all the information uh, that they have right now on the upcoming events. So really great news for another facility that kind of did things the right way and and was granted and was able to get open. Yeah, excited to see a couple of big events come to Toledo Speedway, and uh, we'll have Mr. Schultz break that all down for us straight ahead. Brian Ruhlman went back to victory lane Saturday night with the Comp Cam's Great Lakes traditional sprints at Silver Bullet Speedway ahead of Mike Galagia and Rick Irwin. Coming from the fourth starting spot, Ruhlman found his way to victory lane for the second time this season. He now holds a slim 23-point lead heading into the final event at Crystal Motor Speedway coming up this Saturday. Brian Ruhlman trying to make himself now known as a sprint car champion, so it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. And Zach, 17-year-old Evan Schottko scored his third straight Super Late Model feature win dating back to 2019 on Saturday night at Berlin Raceway with his win in the second and final Money in the Bank 150 qualifier. Uh, Shotgo dominated the first event of 2020 at Berlin one week ago, but this time it took him to lap 93 to pick up the race lead over Boris Yurkovic. Uh, not that he needs it, but Shotgo has a guaranteed spot in the Money in the Bank 150 uh, on September 12th. And another action at Berlin, Zach, Josh Fry picked up the win in the inaugural Randy Veldman Memorial 41 for the sportsman class. Ironically, uh, the Coopersville, Michigan native broke a tie for most career feature wins in the class with none other than Randy Veldman. Uh, the win was Fry's 20th sportsman triumph. Tim DeVos and uh, Nick DeLongpre picked up wins in the New Linda Late Model Division. The win was DeLongpre's first ever career feature win. And Ari Ryder and Corey Holtzlander were the four-cylinder winners, and John Evans picked up the win in the VROA Modifieds. Berlin uh, Raceway has the week off for Labor Day weekend before returning to action on Saturday, September 12th for the Money in the Bank 150. Tickets for that event went on sale online only this morning. Uh, Brian Campbell is the two-time defending champion of that event, and Zach will talk to him a little bit later as well. Cody Bauer drove his way back to Merritt Speedway victory lane Saturday night from his outside pole starting position, holding off Chad Finley and pole sitter Travis Stemmler for the $2,500 win. 
Keep an eye on the points battle with the late models at Merritt Rich. We haven't said his name much this year, but 2019 track champion David Melke holds a slim six-point advantage over Chad Finlay for the track championship heading into championship weekend. And championship weekend now includes the uh, all-star performance late model challenge series. So uh, this weekend at Merritt is going to be it's just going to be wild, Rich. It's a doubleheader weekend, Saturday and Sunday. They'll be coming off of a race day Friday at Tri-City. And uh, I know that David would like to wrap this thing up. But, man, Chad Finlay's been very strong this year. And we really haven't said David's name very much. He's quietly been holding on to this points lead. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know that that he was up there. It just seemed like that, uh, you know, he had had a rough 2020, it seemed like. But, uh you know, maybe that was just at the Challenge Series events, but uh, this is a big Challenge Series weekend, Friday at Tri-City, Saturday and Sunday at the Merritt Speedway. Um, they canceled the events the 19th and the 26th this, late this afternoon. So this will wrap up the weekend for the Challenge Series and the Merritt Speedway Championship. So uh, the only thing they got left on the schedule up at, the, up, uh, at, at that end of the woods will be Battle of the Bay coming up, uh, coming up in, in two weeks. So... We'll have to see things, uh, how things iron out for the championship for the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series and the Merritt Speedway uh, Championship as well. Yeah, and for those of you keeping track at home, this weekend at Merritt, they'll be scoring points not only for – I don't envy anybody who has to put the points together this weekend. They'll be scoring not only points for the Late Model Challenge Series, which I believe operates on a different point structure. They'll also be scoring points for Merritt Speedway House Division Racing. So uh, it's <laughs> – it's going to be very cool to see it all unfold and a lot of money on the line this weekend as well. So we should see some great talent and some great racing from Tri-City and uh, Merritt Speedway. If you're a fan of late model racing, you're going to want to get out there this weekend. we got to take a break. When we come back, our first of three interviews on the night, Scott Schultz joins us to preview Toledo Speedway's grand reopening for 2020. That's straight ahead here on Horsepower Happenings. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at horsepowerhappenings.com and follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Dan Lee, two-time JEG CRA All-Star Tours champion, and you're listening to Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happening. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you. And, uh, Rich, we talked to this gentleman earlier in the spring. It wasn't a very uh, uplifting conversation when we talked to him in the spring, if we're honest about it. But, uh, Rich, we're happy to have him back on the program. Yeah, we, we still had some plans to run in 2020, and, and, and that kind of messed things up throughout the summer. But, uh, but I think we're safe on this one now, we hope. Uh, he's the general manager of Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway. Scott Schultz, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Man, it's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks for you, needless to say. <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, you were pretty much out of options at the Flat Rock Speedway, and you guys did end up announcing the cancellation of the 2020 season. Uh, just to get things kicked off, uh, I think most people saw that coming, but that had to be a tough, tough pill to swallow. 
Well, you know, we've been on a rolling update since June 13th. You know, we really thought that uh, the way she, the governor was talking, we had a chance right after the 4th of July. So, you know, we just started going on a rolling two-week update and actually taking some equipment up to Flat Rock and everything. And then, uh, needless to say, that move to Phase 5 never materialized. And, you know, we were getting to the end of the season. And, you know, we, we had contemplated actually adding one week, maybe two weeks. But here we sit. And today is basically September 1st, and we still don't know. And, you know, it would have taken 10 days to, to get everybody ready and get people there and things like that. So we just threw the towel in. It's just, you know, if even if she gave the go-ahead tomorrow, you know, it would be the second week of September if we were fortunate enough to start running. And then we'd have probably run maybe one one other week or two. But, it, you know, uh, it just it wasn't smart from a business sense. And going through everything as much as we've had, we just decided, you know, that's enough. And like you said, Rich, I think uh, most most people saw that coming. What yeah. we didn't see is what happened down here in Toledo, in Ohio. Yeah, exactly. And then it was, it was actually a couple of days after you made the announcement uh, about Flat Rock, the state of Ohio announces a new director's order for sports uh, with fans, uh, which was huge for Toledo Speedway. And I have to ask you, how hard did your drop jaw hit the desk when you read that order? And then how fast did you get the submissions into the health department of Lucas County uh, when you saw it? <laughs> well, we had something in front of the health department way back in June after we ran that first ARCA race without fans. So, you know, again, we were on a rolling two week update and honestly we called flat rock and shut the door there on a Tuesday. We had decided that Friday, if we had not gotten any information, we were going to throw the towel in at Toledo that Friday, three days later. Well, Wednesday afternoon, uh, the governor comes out and says, uh, you know, we're going to start allowing fans uh, for high school football. And lo and behold, then he started naming things, including speedways. And yeah, that was pretty much a stunner. Um, Tuesday, he had said that, you know, they were going to do high school sports with family members, but then he said the band could come and their family members. And I'm like, man, that's, that's really stretching it. And, but I never even, never even thought about speedways and, and the other things that he specifically listed. And that's the first time he's specifically listed it. So yeah, that was crazy. So we had already had everything drummed up and had it submitted to the health department. So what we did is we looked at the order, which was 12 pages, by the way. And we added in what we needed to do, kicked it to him right away. Well, we couldn't get an answer back. So we sat here and sat here and sat here. And then finally, last Wednesday or Tuesday night, Ron got the answer back that we were good to go. So then we started pushing things out. And since then, it's just been crazy, but it's, it's a good crazy. Um, tickets go on sale tomorrow, online only. Again, we have a lot of hoops to jump through, needless to say, and that's one of them. Yeah, and Scott, we'll talk about those a little bit more as far, as far as what fans need to know. We talked in the spring, I asked you, have you ever seen anything like this as a reason to cancel races? And folks can go online and, and go to our SoundCloud page or our Spotify page and, and re-listen to that interview if they'd like uh, from, I think, back in April. Um, but now, Scott, have you ever seen anything like this to try and get a race in? The amount of work that you and Ron Drager and your whole staff have had to do to first get races without fans at Toledo and now to have been able to get clearance to race with fans. Have you ever had to work this hard to get some events in for race fans? 
I I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, fortunately, down here, you know, we've had the races with no fans. So, you know, the track was cleaned up. The facility was clean. The pits were clean. We just didn't have people in the grandstands. And, uh, you know, we didn't have our concessions open. And those things now, as you said, everything is short notice. So there's a lot of things we got to get done. Uh, we've already done several things. Uh, we've got to hold uh, our feet to the fire on some of the prerequisites. Uh, we've got to put up the partitions you see in all the businesses now, the plexiglass. Uh, we've had it cut since June. <laughs> we just never hung it up uh, in our concession stand. So we're doing that this week. Uh, we're doing some more painting just to kind of clean things up. But, um, you know, we got back to, you know, the hoops we got to jump through. And, and one is we're only allowed to sell 1,500 tickets. And then the next prerequisite came that you need to do it online. You need to do as much as you can to avoid congregations of people and contact, which, you know, it's, it's a little far-fetched. But, hey, look, we're getting to race. So tomorrow at 9 a.m., on ToledoSpeedway.com, you can buy tickets for all three of our races this year. Uh, our thanks to Acme Branding, who runs our website. Uh, they put together a nice little thing. I saw it here this afternoon, and uh, it's pretty simple to follow. All you got to do is follow the directions. And, Scott, this is going to be, you know, as you said, it's a lot of work, but it's exciting because – what was what were those races like at Toledo? And I'm assuming that you were there um, without fans, just the folks from the Arca Menard series, just their bare minimum teams, just bare minimum officials. Um, I got to imagine that was a little bit of an eerie sense to be at the racetrack like that. Yeah, it's bizarre. I actually watched all the races from the pit area, which I never do. Uh, I'd have to go back way, way back. Um, and, and it was bizarre. You look across and there's nobody there. There's there's the, the starter on the flag stand and it, and it just was, it was just really bizarre. It, it um, it, it kind of made you feel like, uh, you weren't really there. You are just watching cars going around the track, you know? Um, it, so, you know, when you, when you get up in the grandstands, it's a different vantage point. And when you have fans there and the announcer, uh, don't say that guy's name that's with you there, Zach, but, uh, when you have the, the announcer going and things like that and getting the crowd stirred up, that's what it's about. It's the aura. It's the atmosphere. And that's, that's what we're sorely, sorely missing. And uh, from that standpoint, it makes you very excited. Now, Scott, we get, uh, we get rolling off. Let's, let's address each one of these events that's, that we have coming up here in the first one here in a couple weeks, September 12th. The Arkham Menard series comes to town and they've, they've been here before, but now we're going to, now they're going to have fans watching them. Yeah. Excited about that. Um, from that standpoint, we'll be very happy to uh, welcome the fans back uh, and get some going, get some things going. You'll be able to smell the popcorn and, you know, grab a track dog or a burger and, and have a, have your favorite beverage. So, you know, that kind of stuff really makes it interesting um, for those folks that don't follow the Arkham Menard series, you know, this Ty Gibbs kid is, is phenomenal. He's the real deal. Yes. He has the best equipment money can buy, but he's still got to wheel that car. And, uh, uh, Ty and, uh, the Sam Mayer who finished fourth in the, uh, truck race at St. Louis on Sunday. Those two kids are the real, real deal. You may very well be seeing two NASCAR cup racers right here at Toledo, uh, on Sun on Saturday night, the 12th. And then you got Haley Deegan, um, 
probably the best known female stock car driver right now. And she has a great deal of potential. Uh, got a heart, got a very steep learning curve because she's never been on the speedways uh, and things like that. So uh, it's, it's a very interesting field, needless to say. And uh, uh, Gibbs and Mayer put on a good show here the first time they were back and forth and, and tipping each other a little bit and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's a, it's a great way for us to kick off things. And then uh, one week later, you don't have a, you don't have any time to recover from that. One week later, September 19th, really the staple of the Toledo Speedway, the Glass City 200, Outlaw Super Late Models 100 laps, Arca CRA Super Series 100 laps, and you'll also have the CRA Junior Late Models as well. Best short track race around, needless to say. There are a lot of great short track races around. I shouldn't say that. It's one of the great short track races. Uh, you, you know, you get to see the template late models and the outlaw bodied super late models. Uh, we're putting out our entry information on Wednesday uh, to our teams. Uh, all indications are we're going to have a pretty solid field. We're already getting bookings for rentals. Uh, every driver that I talked to said, great, see you in a couple weeks. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into numbers. I don't like to do that. Uh, you, you know us, Rich. If you haven't talked to us and you haven't signed an entry, then we're not going to say anything. So we'll wait and see what happens. But uh, I expect both fields to be very solid. Uh, always great racing here at Toledo. It'll be a whole lot of fun to see the late miles on the track, needless to say. Well, Scott, as we wrap up, let's go over those guidelines uh, real quick for fans who are excited and they're ready to go back to Toledo Speedway. Um, as you said, tickets go on sale Tuesday. And then uh, what else do uh, do folks need to be aware of as, as they get ready to go? So I think the first thing is be courteous and kind to each other. I, I, you know, uh, this world's got to change. And, and that's one thing we all have to do, needless to say. And you know what? The good part is, I think, Zach and, I, and Rich, you too, for the most part, race fans are pretty darn courteous and kind to each other. They're here to have fun. They're here to watch races and watch those guys bust their tails out there in those cars and fly around the half mile. So that part, we're not worried about. Um, state of Ohio requires a mask at all times, even at outdoor events. Hopefully that rule will change before the 19th or the 12th. But, uh, you know, right now that's the rule. Uh, uncomfortable? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's what we got to do if we want to watch our favorite sport and, uh, and come and have a beer or a hot dog or a Pepsi and, and sit there and, and, and watch the great sport of stock car racing here at Toledo Speedway. Um, we'll have hand sanitizer available. As we said, you got to wear a mask. You got to practice social distancing as much as you can. Uh, we have three sections of grandstands. You aren't buying a ticket for a seat. You're buying it for a section of the grandstand. There are three grandstand sections for those of you that have not been to Toledo. Uh, there's a map on there when you click it on tomorrow morning, and you'll pick the grandstand. So when you walk in and see the usher, they'll thank you for being there. They'll say, take a seat. Please practice social distancing. Uh, have a great time and, uh, and enjoy tonight. And uh, that's it. Uh, just follow the protocols that, that are going on throughout the whole country. And uh, the state of Ohio is a little bit tougher on masks, uh, but – you know, we want to race, and I know you want to race, and I know you want to see a race. So we're ready to go. We're, we're moving along, excited about the online ticket sale. Uh, we'll, we'll see what goes. Now, Scott, the, the, the final event that you left on the schedule that always was on the schedule, uh, the USAC Silver Crown Championship Rally Beal Classic, what I thought was cool 
about this event is you did not forget the weekly divisions that have supported you guys for years, and you're giving them them a chance to come out and run on that event. You're right, Rich. We couldn't do that. Um, you know, needless to say, like I said, uh, a week ago Friday, we were ready to throw a towel in here. But uh, when we started talking, we said, you know what? We got to at least give them a chance to run. At least give them a chance to run. So it'll be features only that day. We'll have all that information probably Friday for the uh, stock car divisions uh, about what to expect. Uh, we're contemplating doing a uh, practice day the, the week prior on Sunday afternoon, the 27th. Uh, we're just we're, we're getting to those points right now. Uh, we need to kick out this Glass City stuff. We need to kick off the ticket sale tomorrow. Uh, we're working on securing uh, supplies and, and staffing and things like that. And then I think by Friday, definitely no later than a week from today, we'll have all the information that our stock cars, the late model sportsmen, the figure eights, the factory stocks, and the street stocks need. So, yep, I appreciate you pointing that out, Rich. We, you know, Gregor said, he says, man, he says, if we could at least tell them they have a shot to run the race car with us, that's what we're going to do. And uh, thank goodness we can go ahead and do that. Well, Scott, it's exciting. It's uh, going to be three huge shows at Toledo Speedway, and it's all coming up real soon here. So we're looking forward to that. Thanks for joining us tonight and giving us an update on everything that's going on. Again, tickets on sale Tuesday morning only online at ToledoSpeedway.com. So that's 1,500 limit per event. So uh, once those 1,500 are gone, Scott, they're gone. So folks are going to need to get on there and get them quick. Absolutely. Thank you, How Horsepower Happenings, and uh, thank you, Zach and Rich. Uh, we appreciate everything. Race fans, can't wait to see you. All right, Scott, thanks so much. we got to take a break. When we come back, it's time to talk about some drivers, and one of them is likely to be at Toledo Speedway in a couple of weeks. Stay tuned. More to come here on Horsepower Happenings. When the call sounds from race control. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP safety team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion safety team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. You know, racers know, racers know, right? So you know how much things cost, you know what sort of quality you want, and you know the items that you're going to need to make your team successful. Hubco Manufacturing has you covered. You need a lift. They've got them. For $925, that's it. That's the lift. Lines, cylinder, pump, fittings, custom paint if you want it. You can have it, hubcolifts.com. Maybe you need the lights that hang off the back of the trailer so you can actually, I don't know, see what you're doing on your race car at the racetrack. Hubco has you covered. iRacing driver in the off-season? You want to be able to take your real steering wheel and play some iRacing? You need that converter that Hubco has. Check them out, hubcolifts.com, or find Hubco on Facebook. You can shop right there as well, and uh, they'll get you covered. You want to do it the old-fashioned way? That's fine. Call 
269-838-0029. That's 269-838-0029 for Hubco. Luke Hubble will get you taken care of. This is Dave Rydnell, the 2016 Great Lake Super Sprint Champion, and you're listening to Horsepower Hacking. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Time for interview number two on the evening. And, Rich, this guy is uh, thankfully no no stranger to the program. And, uh, well, it's about to be busy season for him, I think. Let us know who we're talking to. Exactly, Zach. Uh, he got back to work in Michigan uh, the last couple of weekends uh, on the pavement at Berlin. He is a two-time defending champion of the Bank 150, Brian Campbell. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, nice to, uh, nice to have you on. Thank you. Now, to get started, um, it's kind of funny, but do you guys really experience guys like uh, Boris, yourself, and Terry really need to give this kid Evan Shotgo any more confidence that he's already got because he's looked awfully tough the first couple of weeks? <laughs> oh yeah, you can't take anything away from them. They've got their stuff together. They're better than all of us right now, and uh, we're uh, we're absolutely all chasing the twenty-two car. There's no doubt about it. Now I was I was at Berlin on opening night and. Um, this weekend I had to watch it on track pass, but I did watch all of it. Could I be wrong, but it looked like both of those events um, kind of looked a little bit like test sessions for you guys. Would I be very far off? No, we're, um, we just don't have our stuff together right now. We're, uh, we're feverishly trying to get there. And um, it's hard to say we're, you know, we can blame it on COVID. We can blame it on everything. Blame it on not racing. But uh, we just, uh, we just don't have it all our stuff together. So we're, I mean, we're, we're out on the racetrack. I'm taking off as much work as I can to go test and trying to, trying to get it solved. And we've, we've, we've made gains, um, from the first couple of weeks, uh, to this past week, you know, we're, we're, we're making gains, getting the car faster, uh, making it swing different ways. Um, so we're, we're learning, um, and, uh, we're, we're not going to give up We're we're trying how frustrating is it for you right now, Brian? Uh, and as you said, call it what you will, blame it on whatever you want. But uh, you go all the way back to May, and I had a chance to talk to you at Lebanon I-44 out in Missouri, and um, you were pretty frustrated with your race car that weekend as well. I mean, uh, what do we what do we got to do to get that 47 car back going again? Yeah, that's a good question. I wish I knew that one. Um, we're like I said, we can we can make it go uh, uh, real fast for a little while. Um, we can make it last all race not very fast <laughs> um so we just got to find that balance that we uh like we used to have so something's changed um whether it be the rules package and, and then tires uh um I, you know i don't know there's probably a handful of different different things that that probably actually changed um this word is not quite uh you know finding all uh all the speed and all the longevity that we need right now. You know, we haven't said your name in quite a while, but I think any time that, uh, that we start talking about Berlin Raceway, obviously your name is in the conversation. Um, how confident are you right now that you're going to be ready to compete for wins here? Uh, you know, obviously with a shortened, call it a season at Berlin, uh, you don't have a lot of time, as you said, to do any really race day testing. you got to be ready to go when you pull in. Yeah, you're right. So I guess we wouldn't show up unless we felt we could go win. We, you know, we're, we have our fun when we go win races basically. So right now it's not very fun. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so we're, we're still confident that we can get the job done. Um, you know, we have a good team with, with, uh, Lakeshore Motorsports. Not like we haven't been in this position before. Um, we just got to dig ourselves out, go to work, put our heads down and, and get it figured out. 
Now, look, you know, most people would ask, well, why does he have a problem? He, he, he's won all these big races at that racetrack. Just pull the notebook out, put the setup back in it, and you're right back to where, where you are. It doesn't work that way, does it? No, we, we, we've done that a couple times already. We've been back to 2017, 2018, 2019. So, like I said, it's not for a lack of effort, and we're, uh, we're, we're, we're pulling out everything we can, we can try, to, try to muster to get this figured out. Um, so, like I said, these are, these are new cars. Um, sometimes it just takes a little while to work the bugs out. Take a little longer than we anticipated, but but uh, we'll get it figured out. We don't uh, we don't we don't think um, you know anything bad's going on. We just like I said, we just got to get all all figured out. And coming up here, you're gonna have a busy couple of weeks. So uh, you know you're kind of putting uh, accelerating the pace on on getting that car hooked up because Toledo Speedway is opened, and and we know that's one of your favorite events. Oh yeah, yeah, we're planning on on being there in one way or another. We're gonna be there. Um, so we got what two, two at Berlin and, and one at, at Toledo, I believe is what it is. So right. yeah, we're looking forward to those and, uh, should be fun. You mentioned uh, the testing that you've been doing, Brian, and, uh, I understand that some of your test sessions have included, um, you know, working with some of our potential next generation race car drivers. What's that been like for you? I mean, to get out of your car and maybe try to do some teaching at Berlin and, and try to help some guys get ready for their pavement career. Um, it's always fun, especially when the kids are, are respectful and they, and they, they're taught well and their <laughs> manners are good. And, you know, it, and I got kids that are that age, you know, so it's, so we strive to have our kids, um, the, the same way. And I think we're all talking about Andrew and he's a, he's a good kid and he's, he's got a bright future. I know that they were talking with them. They were excited to get a chance to work with you and, uh, um, you know, to, to look at lap times and, and look at what you were able to do and what they were able to do. And uh, um, I know they're excited, uh, and, and not just them, not just, you know, Andrew, but um, the youth in, in racing right now, we just talked about Evan Shotko going to victory lane two weekends in a row. Um, what What's that like for you to, to be racing against those guys and going, man, this young blood right now, I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to teach him any of my tricks anymore because they're coming back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, I've done it a long. You know, I started late late in life racing, you know, so I've been racing against younger, younger kids, whatever, my whole life. Um, and, and you get the good ones now and again. You get the, you get the ones that are talented but that just uh, are, are not, uh, let's say, brought up right, <laughs> brought up as a good sure. person. Um, and then you get the, you get the ones that, that are just, you know, that are just spending a whole lot of money and not going anywhere. Um, so, so I, I think the ones that I'm trying to, to help are, 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 you know, they, they know what they want. They're, they're good people. They're good, good kids, good family. And, um, you know, re- really ask the right questions and have a drive to, to, to learn and, and go and go win and, and not afraid to, to make mistakes and, but also not afraid to ask questions at the same time. Now, we've been to, at Berlin the last couple of weeks, and one thing I did notice was somebody who decided to get back behind the wheel, and I couldn't tell you the last time he was. That's Terry Seneker. Um, is that a help to you? Uh, and I don't know if he's planning on trying to get that. I'm assuming he's going to drive that Lee Van Dyke 24 machine for the money in the bank. Uh, is he planning on taking that to Toledo, to, to, I'm sorry, to Toledo as well? Uh, I, I guess I haven't heard the Toledo story yet. Um, I think everyone's kind of waiting to see how it all shakes down. Um, at, at Berlin, but from what I understand, yeah, he's going to race uh, for the money in the bank for uh, for Lee. I think that that was the uh, that was the goal from the uh, from the get go here. And, and obviously, you know, you're sitting in his cars. Um, what does that help you that he's out there gathering information as well, and you know that car is just as good as yours? 
Yeah, I mean, that, truth be told, that car comes out of, that's what's a little frustrating. That car comes out of, um, and we set that car up every year and, and baseline it for Lee and, and, uh, and everybody. Um, so that car was, that car was over to our place this spring when we were getting ready to go racing and it just didn't, didn't happen and then it just sat there. Um, so, so yeah, we, we know what's in that car and, um, so, so that no books get shared as much, as much or as little as, as everybody wants, you know, for the most part, we, we share pretty much everything between the two teams and, um. And so, yeah, it's a long, drawn-out answer. Yeah, it absolutely helps. That helps to have another, another Seneca guy out there to, to bounce ideas off of and test with and talk with and, and uh, try, to, try to all pull on the same rope. Well, Brian, it's uh, exciting to get a chance to talk to you. And, um, you know, it, it's, we wanted to change the pace up, Brian. We didn't want to wait and call you and go, time to talk to the Money in the Bank winner again, Brian Campbell. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, you're, you're going to have your work cut out for you this year, and, and uh, you know that. And so it'll be exciting, I think, as a race fan to watch and see what happens. Because I think when you know that a guy who would you normally expect to dominate that event – um, Brian, I think it's fair to say you might be backed up against a wall a little bit. I, I think folks are a little concerned. Oh yeah. Well, even, even last year was not an ideal year for us. We went one, I don't know, five or six times. It was a hard fought five or six times. It was definitely not of our, our norm. And then it's kind of carried over this year. So we, uh, we certainly got to get our act together. There's no doubt about that. And, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb, Brian, and say, you know, you know, obviously we're not, we're not picking on you and saying, Oh, what's wrong with you all of a right. sudden, but 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 Evan Shot goes. I mean, that's a that youngster is doing an outstanding job, and it's not just you. There's other guys out there that he's battling with that he's giving their lunch to him as well. <laughs> yeah, he. You know, the first the first weekend, the first Berlin race, he kind of he kind of dominated that deal. Started up front, drove away, kind of left everybody. Um, and this this weekend, he had to fight for, it and he drove his butt off to get there. So both of them are, are you know, class wins. Um, but, but this past one really, he took advantage of the situation, the late caution, um, moved Boris, uh, exactly what he had to do to go get to go get the checkered flag. So yeah, they're on top of their game right now. There's no doubt about it. Oh, Brian, uh, again, shortened season. We're kind of wrapping it up here too. Um, where can folks follow along with what you've got going on, uh, here as we close out and, and maybe there's not a whole much to follow. What, what do you have left on your schedule for this year? <laughs> I guess it really just kind of take them as they come. I know we're going to do the Berlin ones. We're going to do uh, Toledo. Um, see what happens, I guess, at the end of the year, really kind of seeing how, how the COVID, the second wave that everybody's talking about, is going to affect uh, racing and, and, uh, and, how, and how we're going to go, uh, go after it. You know, but if they have races down south, we'll probably go to them just like we do normally. Um, it's just uh, I think it's a waiting game. I think everyone's on pins and needles to see, see what happens and how it all and how it all. Uh, might we see you at an all-american or a winchester 400 uh, in october probably not winchester probably the american 400 would be more more likely okay all right uh, you know like i said it, it, as i said it, it's all going to depend on how how this the, the the last couple races here how we do and, and how we're how we're acting and how we're feeling and and uh you know we're getting old so kind of do it because <laughs> we like it now <laughs> Now, now we just had we had Scott Schultz on the program. He's waiting for your phone call to let him know so he can start advertising for you. So, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> you, need, you need to get on the phone and call him and let him know your intentions. <laughs> I hear you. I, I well, I'm sure we'll be calling to go test down there anyway. So there you go. I'm sure. I'm well, sure he'll be wearing me out here shortly. I'm positive about that. <laughs> well, Brian, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, uh, good luck, man. I hope you get that program turned around because, uh, man, last time I saw you, you were pretty defeated in Missouri. So, um, looking looking forward to seeing you get back up front and battling for wins. 
Yep, 10-4. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we got to take another quick break. When we come back, it's another driver update. And you'll remember, not too long ago, we had a Bozell on. Well, it's time to get another one on. That's straight ahead here on Horsepower Happenings. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at HorsepowerHappenings.com. And follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Barry Marlowe, owner of Motor of Great Lakes Sprint, and you're listening to Horsepower Happening. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Full night tonight with three interviews on the card. And Rich, it's time for the third and final. Least, uh, last but not least, let us know who we're talking to. Well, this gentleman is a multi-time champion out at the Kalamazoo Speedway. Um, and boy, they tried, they tried and tried to get going this year. Uh, Phil Bozell, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having us, guys. Man, first of all, tell me about, uh, you know, Gary's done a heck of a job. He, he really tried to get everything worked out, doing everything the right way out of Kalamazoo this year. And, uh, man, it just couldn't happen. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Um, the place is an awesome place to race. We love going there. It's close to home. Just sounds like they cannot get something worked out with the, the county officials and everything. And, uh, we all know how expensive it is to go racing and us racers don't want to go race for nothing. And he can't pay nothing if you don't get people in the stands. So unfortunately it, they're going to be done for the year. Now you guys did start out, uh, you and your dad, Andy started out and, and had a pretty good night at Galesburg. He sure did, uh, picking up the win, but we had him on the show right after that. And he said he probably could have lapped the whole field if he wanted to, but he just didn't feel like lapping that second place car. <laughs> oh, there was there was no doubt he could have left the field. Nothing was the rocket ship that night, and uh, unfortunately, I had fast time in both divisions, which I was super pumped about. But he gets through traffic there like no one else. And when I was still sitting in thirteenth and he was in the lead, I just decided that I was going to take my time, keep the fenders on the car, and get what I could get. We don't need to pick something up trying to lead when I wasn't going to catch him anyway. So. Yeah, and I, I don't want this to turn into an interview about your dad, but obviously he's done so much uh, and has accomplished so much, not only at Kalamazoo, where, where he's known for his championships, but what's that like for you uh, to, to, you know, it's not really you got to fill his shoes or anything like that, but man, uh, that Bozell name carries a lot of weight in pavement racing right now, doesn't it? Oh, it certainly does. And, uh, and me, my cousins, uh, we got we got the two boys coming up with the quarter minutes that are uh, – they're either winning or wrecking with each other, so uh, we got to work on that a little bit. But yeah, it's just it, times are different now. I mean, we—I can remember growing up, County Way every Friday or Saturday, whatever night racing for eight. We never missed a night. But the points, the money, everything's different now. And growing up, I got family. Dad's busier at work, where everybody's busy. So now it's kind of more. We just fun is the word. We're going to go have fun at the racetrack, and we really concentrate, make sure the cars are ready. We don't have as much help as we used to, um, but when we go to the racetrack, we make sure we're 100% ready to go, and, and it shows when we go now. 
Well, and you mentioned fun, and and, uh, anybody who's got you on Facebook saw your post-race update, and I think that's what this last weekend was all about. You put two of them in the box, both of them modified, going to Onaway uh, for the Can-Am Nationals. First off, talk about going up to Onaway, man. What a hike from down here. Yeah, it is. It's uh, from our house. It's about five hours. But fortunately for us, we got a cabin that we just recently got in the last couple of years up in Grayling. So it cuts our trip down by a lot. We're about an hour from the racetrack. So we go up and park the truck at the truck stop Friday night, hang out at the cabin, and then go to the racetrack Saturday morning. We only got an hour back to the cabin. So it's really nice for us. We went up earlier this year for their opening night just because we wanted to get the modifieds on the track. We got them this winter and we're going to play with some of them. They had seven or eight big mod races on the schedule for this year. Obviously, all that changed. So we wanted to go play with them a little bit and went up there earlier this year and ran fairly well. And this last weekend's race paid fairly decent. We were going to go to the cabin anyway, and we wanted to race. So it worked out in our favor. So what's the plan you, what's the plan you guys have with the, with the outlaw cars, the rest of Did you kind of put them away for the year? Because I've noticed there's, you know, there's been a couple other tracks in Michigan that have been running them, but uh, you know, you guys haven't been going out there on a regular basis, so to speak. No, no, they're uh, they're sitting there ready to go. Car covers on them in the shop. Um, back to that fun word again. Um, there's a lot of tire issues going on right now, and we do not want to play no tire games. So, if you can see, there's an impound race where you got to buy your tires at the racetrack. Most likely, we'll be at that race. Other than that, we're just going to make sure we can have fun when we go to the races. So, so does that, does that mean that? Uh, I guess it's a question. I don't know. It's probably been a while, but. Are you guys looking at the Glass City 200 at all? We are not. Nope. Uh, I know the pace cut. It's going to be short. They're short on fans. Actually, I got some other stuff going that weekend before they announced this date with the kids. So uh, I don't want to move that around on them. And this year, with everything going on, our big motor has not been worked on because we didn't think nothing would happen with Canada or Toledo, where we the only place we run the big motor. So. We will not be making that trip this year. Well, Phil, let's uh, let's circle back because obviously, um, you know, with this modified trip and going up to Onaway, uh, first off, what is that racetrack like to, to drive on? Because it is it is quite north here, and for any fans that haven't been there, any drivers that haven't been there, talk to me about what it's like to race on that track. It, it looks like it's kind of got um, a little bit of a big track feel, but might race a little bit like a short track. What is that like? You described it exactly right. Um, when you're by yourself, you can, but traffic and by yourself, two totally different deals at that track because it is so narrow. That is the biggest thing because it's really narrow. When you can use all the track, it, it races, uh, it's kind of like, uh, I don't even know what to describe it as. I, any racetrack we go to, I just kind of get used to it. Um, but definitely when you're racing with people, you definitely got to change your line because it is so narrow. Driving off underneath somebody or being on the outside of somebody especially off the backstretch. The backstretch kind of reminds me of turn four off at Spartan when you gets really skinny and you have some close your eyes moments coming off there. <laughs> now your dad started on the pole of this event, uh, good car count and some heavy hitters there as well. Um, you and your dad both elected not to run your heat race, had a, a middle of the pack qualifying. I think you were eighth. And I think your dad was 11th. Um, what was it? Talk, talk me through this race. Talk me through the laps that it took you to get to the front and, and hold on for the win. Yeah, the week, uh, I qualified, i say decent for me. I'm not known as a very well qualifier, but um, my car seems to take six to eight, ten laps to get going, and we did group qualifying and got five laps. So 
every lap I was getting better and uh dad qualified 11th we just got a little crate motor in that car because we broke a motor earlier this year and that's all we had to put in it so uh started the race he started in the pole and I started fourth and got in line fell back to sixth and made a couple passes early and I knew right away the car was good we made a couple adjustments to tighten the car up because I thought with the weather cold temperatures I didn't think the track would have much grip and I'm glad we made those changes because I had a lot of grip all night long and that was the key to drive off underneath somebody actually drove by some people on the outside and Travis got behind my dad and I could see that they were both I wouldn't say struggling but their cars weren't very good at the start of the race so I was just going to bide my time and then we got to lap traffic and got by my dad and then Travis uh, got picked with the lap car kind of changed lanes in the middle corner he went to the outside and lap car did too so I got by him which was unfortunate and uh, from there on it was just kind of taking my time staying on the bottom and there was not much of an outside groove so I knew if I stayed on the bottom somebody was going to have to bumper tag me to move out of the way and I was just waiting for that challenge. Well, that's what I was going to ask is if you were sitting there waiting for the, uh, you know, as announcers, we like to say one tap to let you know you're there, two tap to say I'm frustrated, and three, you're going for a ride. Are, are, were you waiting for that? I, I was with the with the quality cars like you spoke about earlier. Um, there was 23 mods there, and there was some very, very heavy hitters there. Um, Brian Esther, Buddy Gray, Fadison, uh, there's some good cars up there, and uh as good as the car was, I got out in front and I slowed myself down just so I stay on the bottom, tried to save some tires because I didn't want to push it too hard. And no radios, no mirrors, no nothing. You don't know how far somebody's behind you. And uh, now after going back and watching the video, it kind of seems like the more I slowed down, the better my car was and kind of drove away from them a little bit. Now, you said you you tried, you know, to snug that thing up a little bit. I have not seen a pavement modified that wasn't loose. Um, and I'm sure that's because... <laughs> They're real light race cars, and compared to that, they have a lot of power. You're right. They don't, and they're kind of – that's why a lot of people like driving them. It's kind of a mix between a late model and a street stock, kind of out of control, but a little funner than a street stock because it's not so stock. And, uh, but we hit we hit the adjustments right. I, mean, I thought we might have went a little too far, but it got cold. I mean, it was almost down to 50 degrees Saturday night up there, and it rained a couple times, so it washed all the rubber off the track and uh, – it was it was pretty good, especially on the long run. I ran my fastest lap on lap fifty one, and then uh, lap seventy five was only four one hundredths off my fastest lap of the race. So, what do you get? You know, after this, I mean, obviously the weather's not going to get a whole lot better, so we're not going to go too much deeper into the year up here in Michigan. Um, anything else uh, on the plans uh, to get back to another racetrack soon? Um. I'm waiting to see what Owasso does with their national race. If they're going to put the supers on with the same payoff and having to buy tires at the track. If they do that for the nationals weekend, we may go to that. And I'm kind of getting my arm twisted a little bit about <laughs> going to Winchester with the modified. Um, oh. Buddy Gray and Brian Esther were kind of ribbing me a little bit this weekend. I said, well, let's see how this weekend goes. So they were the first one to the window after the race and said, hey, this weekend went pretty good. Are we going to see you at Winchester? I'm like, no, we're going to see how that goes. Have you been on Winchester <laughs> with a modified? I have not been with a modified. I ran the CRA Jags car there quite a few times, but never with a modified. Just from you describing and, and what Rich's comments about driving the modified, I can only imagine the white knuckles that it would take to drive around Winchester in one of those cars. Yeah, it would be... Uh, I like that stuff uh, on the edge, out of control. I, I seem to adapt pretty good to that. and uh, It is definitely what you described. It'd be white-knuckled. Um, 
little tire there. I've never I've been on the slicks there every time I've been there, so that'd be a, the biggest difference for me is the tire, I'm sure. Anything else? Uh, you know, where where can folks follow along with you? Uh, obviously, it's been the theme of the year. It's kind of we're we're playing it by ear. Is there a way that folks can follow along with where you're going to be and, and what you're going to be in? Most of the time, my personal Facebook page, Phil Bozell, uh, I post there usually where we're going and try to give updates through there. And like you said, it's just kind of been winging it here and there. I know there's a couple more outlaw races like the Glass City. I wish we went ahead. I didn't know idea on the date, so we had some stuff going with my kids. Uh, and Forty's got a race this weekend, real close to home. But I'm I'm not, I'm going to opt out of that. We're not going to go down there. We're actually going to go back up to the cabin for the weekend. Well, I know, and we'll just kind of play it by ear. Yeah, I got a couple of announcers here that uh, are hoping you go to Winchester because we're probably going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to yeah, have to uh, I'm going to have to be on the twisting your arm bandwagon for that one. Yeah, me and uh, Tony, I'm sure we're going to discuss that. He's uh, said Buddy and Brian have been talking to him about that too, and it'd be fun. My biggest concern was I thought it was a two-day show, and they said they do get practice Friday, but it's not mandatory, so we could go down there for just Saturday. With us as a family and pit crew and everything, it's the two-day shows really get hard, especially with Winchester and camping and not very many hotels around. So uh, if it's a one-day show, that may make it a little easier for us to decide to do that. Well, we look forward to it, and uh, hopefully one of us can get out to the Owasso Nationals as well. Hopefully they do that modified uh, uh, that modified deal there this year, and uh, maybe get a chance to see you wheel that thing in person and uh, and see what you can do. Yeah, we've had fun with the mods this year. Uh, we just got them to have some fun. The car we got's an old. I actually had to twist Tony's arm to get that. He won the big modified guy, and we had a late model we were trying to get rid of, and I wanted to trade for one, and I told him we could use this one. We weren't using the late model, so we've had fun with it we're going to continue well phil we appreciate you taking time to join us tonight congrats on the win man and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon thank you guys appreciate it have a good one well again our thanks to phil and uh, of course to uh, scott schultz at the top of the program brian campbell uh for joining us tonight and uh, man as we said at the top of the show, Rich, it is getting down to crunch time. A couple of tracks, Berlin, Toledo, able to open for a couple of few races. So, man, now more than ever, get online, get your tickets bought, and make a family weekend out of it. Why not go somewhere on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend if you can and just watch a whole whole bunch of racing? Yeah, if you're a dirt fan, this is the weekend. Uh, Friday, Tri-City for the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series on Friday night. And then Saturday and Sunday, double header at Merritt Speedway for the Challenge Series. $4,000 to win on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Zach, $10,000 for the championship and the race. So somebody could walk out of there with $20,000 on Sunday evening. Uh, that's going to be incredible. Travis Stemmler, definitely the favorite to win the championship. We'll see if he can go to victory lane uh, with the Late Model Challenge Series as well. And uh, obviously, Chad Finley may be trying to overtake David Melke for the championship at Merritt Speedway. So there's a lot to go on. There's a lot of racing action and a lot of just action in general to watch this weekend from Merritt and Tri-City. So uh, get out there, catch a race. Have some fun. Champion Racing Association is going to be out in Missouri this weekend for their uh, replacement of a Winchester weekend. Lebanon I-44 Speedway is going to play host to the Arca Menard Series, the Arca CRA Super Series, the JEG CRA All-Stars Tour, all going to be in action this weekend from Lebanon I-44. And uh, why not? 
head out there. It's only a 10-hour drive, 9-hour drive. Have some fun with that or catch a flight um, and, and, and take that one in. Or uh, you can probably find a way to watch it online as well. I'm not sure if Speed 51 or Mav TV. Somebody has rights to that this weekend, so uh, you can find it somewhere here in the near future as well. So, Rich, a um, lot of racing action, and time's running out to go to the races, so you better do it now if you're going to. So I need to make this clear, Zach, before we, before we close the show. My dirt track partner is going to a pavement race. Yep. And your pavement partner is going to spend the weekend on dirt. <laughs> we've, we've got <laughs> a little... Make any sense. Yeah, we got a little backwards, but uh, hey, we're going to have some fun nonetheless. Hopefully you do too. So for Rich France, for Scott Menlin, who owns Horsepower Happenings, uh, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great week, and we'll talk next Monday. Uh, Labor Day. We're going to talk on Labor Day. We're going to work on Labor Day. What's up with that? Well, we're going to be here, ready for you to break down an exciting weekend of racing. It's all coming up right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.